My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Now, I want you to receive by faith the word of the Lord, Brother Jerry Jones. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's such a pleasure to be with you on this Wednesday night in our virtual church service. Thank you, Brother Kenzie, for uh, the invitation to come and, and be part of what's happening in the great First Pentecostal Church of Pensacola. Always loved coming down there, and even though physically we can't be together, we can feel the Spirit of God together. Thank God for what he's done, for what he's still going to do. I have all the faith in the world that God will receive glory, that people will be reminded of their need of God, that the presence of the Lord will fill people's hearts as never before. I believe we can have a great revival, even during this time. Um, we're confined to our homes here in St. Louis, only um, absolutely necessary uh, traveling, getting out involved, but you know, the spirit of the Lord is with us wherever we are. I thank God for his power and his presence, even in these unsettling times. I want to read from Second Timothy um, chapter one, this uh, second epistle that we have from the apostle Paul to his young son in the gospel. I'm going to read seven uh, through nine. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. On this Wednesday night, I want to remind you of something that's very important uh, for what we're going through right now, what the entire world is dealing with. We know that that fear is a great part of what's happening here. Some of it exaggerated, all of it probably uh, more than we should be having in this situation. But when we feel helpless, when we feel like this invisible uh, adversary that has come our way, that we could be uh, encountering it without even knowing it until um, its damage begins, I think, I think it's important that we bear in mind that the Bible is is not an academic treatise. It, it's it's not a it's it's it it's not just a theological dissertation. The Bible deals with what we're going through. It deals with the problems that we face. The Bible is a manual, if you will. It's a roadmap. It's something that shows us what to do in the situations that we face in life. And and this is no different. 
Of course, when the Bible was written, there was no knowledge of viruses and germs. It wasn't known how diseases spread. It wasn't understood how you could uh, isolate yourself and be better off. They didn't have antiseptics. They didn't have antibiotics. They had no antiviral treatments. There was no vaccinations. They didn't have any of that. And yet, the Bible is filled with advice and direction and help and hope in times just like this. And one of the things the Bible teaches us is to avoid unreasonable fear, to understand that fear is not um, uh, something that can uh, be helpful, except that we use it to make right decisions. For example, there's two kinds of fear. There is the fear that is good. It keeps us from driving our cars 100 miles an hour on the interstate or jumping off the roof or maybe involving ourselves and in, in, in connecting ourselves with someone who is suffering from this virus. But then there's fear that's harmful. And that's the fear we have to be careful of. That's the fear that can cause us more trouble than the thing itself that we fear. This spirit of fear that Paul writes to Timothy, that, that's what he's talking about. This kind of fear that is unreasonable in the sense that it is not based in confidence, it's not based in faith, but it's a fear that doesn't, doesn't help us make right decisions, doesn't keep us from doing foolish things, but rather it locks us into a spiral of hopelessness and despair and makes us feel like we're alone and that no one understands and no one cares. That kind of fear paralyzes us. It keeps us from doing the things that we ought to do. I know all of my pastor friends uh, were very apprehensive about what's going on right now. The idea of not having church, we all wrestled with our faith in God for healing and our faith in God for protection and our confidence that nothing happens to us that is not in the purpose of God and being good citizens and protecting those that may not have that kind of faith and not allowing ourselves to be part of the problem instead of part of the solution. And I know it was a difficult thing, a terrible decision, but, but look how pastors are dealing with it. And, and look how saints are responding to it, checking on one another, caring about each other, posting encouraging words, allowing each other to do more to help than perhaps we've ever done before. And of course, this very thing we're doing here tonight, where we can't gather together, but we can still be together. We can still be part of what God is doing and allow God to touch and move in our spirits. In fact, there's probably homes that have not had a spiritual time together, just the family in a long time. But God has caused us to find a way even though it might, it might be based in our apprehension about this virus and our children and our parents and, 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 and our spouses, it, 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 that's the kind of fear that forces us to make a way, to 
to find a way, but fear that paralyzes us, that causes us to sit in the darkness, causes us to not do the things that God makes it possible for us to do. A fear that paralyzes is a fear that must be overcome. And that's all I want to talk to you uh, about tonight, overcoming that kind of fear, living outside that kind of dread, to not be paralyzed, not be helpless, but to seize the day and make every opportunity we have count. You see, Satan has a purpose with fear. He uses fear. He's a master at it. He's used it for so long, and he knows how to do it. And if he can use fear to keep us from having a connection with God, to keep us from keeping our faith and our confidence that all will be well because God is ultimately in control. If the devil can cut us off from God, then he has succeeded in what he cares most about. And of course, if, if he can rob us of our joy, if he can take our happiness away, if we sit trembling, afraid of the next report, the next government decision of what may yet happen, if we live that way, then the devil wins. If we live that way, if we lose our happiness, if we lose our confidence, if we lose our joy, then the devil has won. He uses what Paul calls, calls the spirit of fear, the spirit of fear. It is, a, it is deeper than a human emotion. Fear is, is part of our biological makeup. It is actually part of our survival instinct. The things we fear, that those things are what is dangerous to us. And God gave us the ability to feel fear to protect ourselves. That we fear what this virus might could do to us and our families, our friends, our neighbors. And so that fear drives us to protect ourselves. But that's not the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear is not part of our biology. It's part of the spiritual side of us. It's, it's, it's beyond the limitations of, of human feeling and thinking. It breaks rationality. It goes deeper than the cause. It is something that that digs itself down into our very spirits. And the spirit of fear flows out of the current circumstances and becomes part of our whole lives. And it poisons everything around us. That fear touches our marriages. It touches our family relationships. It touches our ability to provide and take care of those who rely on us. That's the thing that paralyzes us. It's that spirit of fear, that unreasoning spirit that gets past the emotion and down into the heart. And Paul says, God doesn't do that. God does not give us the spirit of fear. So we know, we know then that that kind of attack is a spiritual attack. And when that spirit of fear has a hold of us. We need to remember what God has given us to enable us to overcome 
not only the spirit of fear, that, that spiritual attack from the enemy, but even that emotional fear, that genuine uh, survival instinct, God has given us the power to overcome that. That's the gift that Paul says he's given us. Power, real power. This is not a hope or think or wish. This is a genuine spiritual power. It is effective against the spirit of fear. It can break the, 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 the circle of fear bleeding into, uh, forcing its way into every aspect of our lives. He has given us his power. Let me tell you something. You can do anything through Christ Jesus. That's not, that's, that's not some kind of modern self-help mantra that we learn and repeat in times of trouble. That is an absolute fact. If it's in the purpose and the plan of God, you can do it. And nothing can stop you. Nothing can keep you from having joy. Nothing can stop you from a happy family life. Nothing can stop you from having confidence and faith in God because the power is not in us. The power is in him. He gives us that power. Now, here's how Paul said it right into the Philippians church. He said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. My strength is not of my own. None of us know what's going to happen, how far this will go. None of us understand the economic uh, impact. None of us understands uh, all, of the, all of the changes that this may bring to American society and the world itself. But here's the deal. Whatever comes, I can make it. I can do it. Not only that, I can overcome it. I can win at this because his strength is mine. He gives me the power to do it. Power to be saved. Power to be re released from anxiety, fear, but more than that, from sin. That real power to be saved. He gave us, the Bible says, power to become the sons of God, men and women of God, godly people who, who rest in him. He gave us the power to be a witness I can't sit here today and tell you how God is going to be glorified in this situation, how God is going to win out over the devil, how God is going to quicken minds. I can't do that, but I can tell you this. It will happen because God has given us the power in all weathers, in every situation, in every context. We have been made his witnesses. But you, Luke wrote in Acts 1, shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. These are the words of the Lord himself, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. Whatever's going on, you can share Jesus with somebody over the phone, over the internet, through a video call, through a, through a Facebook post, through a, a tweet on Twitter. You can speak words, not of fear, and not, not of anxiety, words not of, not of, of, of uh, uh, giving up, of despair, and, and what will happen next, but words of faith, God will see us through. I have been cheered and encouraged by so many words. I, I, I think everyone anywhere near my age will, will understand what I'm saying 
when I tell you that I don't, when I read that everyone over 60 is in this most vulnerable age, my mind doesn't compute that that means me, even though I am of that age, a little bit, in fact, quite a bit past 60, but I don't feel that way. Something inside of me feels like I'm I'm worried about others. I'm worried about all those old folks that are at risk because I don't equate it to me. Now, we're all like that, and I refuse to be any different. I'm not going to be foolhardy. I'm not going to ignore uh, what we've learned in long years of medical care. None of that. No, I'm not going to do that. But I tell you what I am going to do. I'm going to have faith and confidence in God, and I'm going to share his gospel. You know, God's also given us power to have joy, to be joyful. It's not out of place. It doesn't mean you're careless. It doesn't mean that somehow you're not taking this serious. You can still be joyful. Now, the God of hope fill you with all joy, Paul wrote to the Romans, and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. He's given us joy and hope and peace within our hearts because of our faith given us by God. That is what God has granted us. And you know what? God's also given us the power to be that strong Christian, that strong believer that you've always wanted to be. If we could see the power that's made available to us, we could become the person that we've often dreamed we could become. That is what God wants to do in our lives. He's given us the power. And if we trust him, if we refuse to be afraid, if we do not let the spirit of fear that our media and even our government and, 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 and even social media projects, if we refuse to fall into that spiritual trap and we hold on to our competence and faith, our joy, our witness, if we hold on to what God has already done in our hearts and lives, then we can use God's power. Paul said he also gave us the gift of love. It doesn't seem that love is effective in conquering fear. And yet, here's what the Apostle John wrote. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out all fear. Because fear hath torment. God doesn't want us to be tormented. There's a difference between a trial and a torment. A trial is, is life. It's what happens in life. A torment is a force, a power that does not let up, doesn't cycle with the cycles of life. And God doesn't want us to fall into that spirit of fear, which brings that unrelenting torment. God has given us the power. And in love, we break through that. Now, here's how that works. Our love for God sets us free. The more we love God, the less fear we will have. Now, I know my love toward him isn't that powerful thing. But when I love him, I believe in him. When I truly love God, I accept his purpose, his will, his plans for my life. When I love him and his cause, then I'm able to be and do what he'd have me do. Because love brings trust. And that gift of love settles in God's trust. Then our trust for him will see us through. 
when we know love, we have confidence in God. And then, of course, there's our love for other folks. If you want to break out of fear, do something for someone. We, um, I mentioned a while ago how we don't think of ourselves as the elderly. The other day, our next door neighbor, he's a fireman, a wonderful guy. Love to get him in the church. He, um, he stopped us outside. We were out in the yard and he said, now, if you guys need anything, you let me know and I'll take care of it. If you need an errand, if you need me to go get you something. And we were, we were, you know, we were gratified, you know, his kindness. And we, we said, and we feel the same. We feel, then when we got in the house, my wife and I were talking about it and it dawned on us that he was looking after the old folks who lived next door to him. And that is when we really love others, it sees us through. Because by thinking of others' needs and connecting, looking after others, we lift our minds from ourselves. We break the chains of the spirit of fear and become more trusting in God to see us through. Finally, Paul says he's given us a sound mind. It's wrong thinking that opens the door to the spirit of fear. It's when everything looks dark and we can find not one ray of light. When we're thinking wrong. Victor Hugo told a story about a ship that was caught in a storm and it they began to hear a huge pounding on the sides of the ship as it rolled in the waves. They realized that a cannon down in the hold had broken loose and was going to crash through the sides of the ship sending them all down. It was a very dangerous proposition, but two men volunteered and went down, were able to secure that cannon and so save the lives of everyone on board. And Hugo wrote that what inspired them was the realization that what was inside was a greater danger to them than what was outside. And that is the same thing with us. It's the danger that Something will take root in us that destroys us, not from the outside, not a virus, not a disease, not even a financial crash or a governmental breakdown. No, the greatest danger is what we allow to come inside of us. We do not have to be victims. Even if we get COVID-19, we don't have to be a victim. We can be an overcomer. We can triumph. Because our mind is renewed by the Holy Ghost. We begin to see things in a different way. We see trust and confidence and faith rather than gloominess and fear and doubt. Conquering fear, remember this as I close, is not a matter of self-determination. It, it's not a matter of our will. I'm just not going to be afraid. It certainly isn't a matter of discounting what's happening around us. Whatever you may believe about how the media and the government has handled this is ir ir irrelevant here. Fear is conquered by the power of God, that he has kept us and he will keep us. Um, as hard as it may seem, I remember the Cuban Missile Crisis and my dad and uncle talking about putting a bomb shelter in the backyard. They never did. I think it's because they realized it wouldn't do much good. I remember the race riots and the anti-war riots. 
cities burning in the 60s. I remember the long gas lines and the 20 plus uh, interest rates under Jimmy Carter. I remember Desert Shield and Desert Storm. I remember the fear of Y2K and the breakdown of all communications and power grids and even the accidental launching of intercontinental ballistic mission, missiles. I remember 9-11, don't you? No planes in the sky, the fear that was everywhere, the anthrax fears, the long lines when travel did begin, searching the face of every boarding passenger, afraid that one of them might be a terrorist. I remember the financial crisis of 08 and the crash. I remember all those things, don't you? And here's the one thing I remember most. God brought us through. And he's going to bring us through this. Let's trust him. Let's conquer the spirit of fear. Let's be wise. But let's be overcomers. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the promise of your presence, for the greatness of your spirit. We pray an outpouring of your spirit during this time. That as you have done before in time of trial and crisis and fear, you will use it to your glory. Grant it now, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to, those of you that are in your homes, gather around your family. We're going to bind this spirit of fear that is crippling so many people and paralyzing them. And I'm not talking about the good kind of fear that makes you wise, this, the fear of the Lord. I'm talking about that spirit of fear that torments, gets inside of people and makes them think things that aren't true and assume things that aren't true. And then their behavior is changed as a result. Their joy is robbed and, and their happiness is stolen from them. And I want us to bind that spirit. And that's what we're fasting about because it's gripping our entire world and it seems like people are playing on it for whatever agenda that they might have, not even to the saving of people's lives, but to further some hidden agenda that they have, an evil construct of their thought process of what they want the world to look like. So they're using this as a means to further that evil plan and construct of their, of their minds and, and evil hearts. But we're not going to allow it to affect us. We're not going to allow it to uh, impact the church. The church is going to be free of that kind of fear so that we can preach the gospel and be about the Father's business and do what the Holy Ghost has called us to do. So I want us to pray right now, and I want you to lift your voice in your homes, in your car, wherever you might be, I want you to lift your voice and take authority over that spirit of fear. I take authority in the name of Jesus over that spirit of fear. For we understand by the scripture that God has not given us that spirit, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Lord, you're able to give us the ability to operate in faith in the midst of this crisis so that the world can see that the church has a greater power and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. And so take that word and let it 
apply it to your life and let it give you the victory over everything that is bothering you now and so that you can advance in faith in the kingdom. Tomorrow night at 7 p.m., you can tune in right here. Brother Daniel Strobel will be preaching. We're going to have a great time. Please uh, connect with us, and we're very appreciative of the fact that you joined us tonight, and God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.